And so I'm going to pray before we start. God, we know that you want to speak to us tonight. We just pray that you speak something that's individual and relevant to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I did something some, would cons- some people would consider dumb um, about a month ago. We had our Australian Christian Churches National Conference. So the Australian Tr- Christian Churches is a movement of churches, and New Hope is one of these, one of the churches. So, and basically, the governing body, as in the people who make decisions for the churches, are all of the pastors. So when we have a national conference, all of the pastors get a say. We actually, we have a president, a national president, but they actually fall under the decisions that all of the pastors make. And so we have this business meeting where they will propose ideas, the state, the, sorry, the national executive will propose ideas. And then when they propose an idea, it has to be backed by the conference. The conference has to agree that, yes, this is what we want to do. And so as a pastor, I'm actually allowed to have a say in that. And any pastor is allowed to have a say in that. And our national president was putting forward all these ideas. This is what we should do. And he was going, okay, because it's an official business meeting, technically it was the AGM of the, of the Australian Christian churches. He was like, okay, I need somebody to second this decision. And he, he made a couple of decisions and no one was seconding the decisions except for the people that were on platform with him. And then he... He's like, okay, now we have a new child protection policy that we need to put forward. Um, does anyone want to second that? That's in much smaller words. And, um, and no one was saying anything. So I just shot my hand up and I was like, yep, I'll second that. And then he immediately leaned over the bench, looked down and he was like, who said that? <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I was pretty sure that I knew we were allowed to do it. But in that moment, I was like, I don't know if I was allowed to second that right then. And he was like, was that Steve Kennedy? Steve Kennedy is normally a person who likes to uh, bring in a little bit of mischief into the conference. And as soon as he said, who said that? I was sitting next to Pastor Levi. And and we immediately just turned around and we were like, yeah, yeah, who who said that? Who did that? (laughs) And I'm sure we've all had this feeling before where it's like, man, I don't know how... If, if I admit to this, I don't know how this guy's going to respond. Like, I don't know if you've been sitting in class or maybe in a lecture and, um, and the teacher or the lecturer puts forward an idea and asks you to kind of fill in the blank. And you, it's like, I know the answer, but I don't want to look like a dummy. You know, when they're just like, and class two plus two equals, and you're like, I'm sure it's four, but is this a trick question? And then they, they're like, no one got it. It's four. Come on. And you're like, oh, well, I did know it, but I just didn't know how you would respond. <laughs> or, um, uh, mm, I forgot my next example. Or we, we go through all of these things. Maybe you have a problem with your food order. You know, you, you get your burger and it doesn't have tomatoes. You ask for tomatoes. Or the opposite way around if you're Matt Betts and you're allergic uh, and you don't want tomatoes on there. And, you know, you're not sure how the cashier is going to respond. And I've seen people who choose to keep their dodgy order rather than go back. Even though if you're any sane business owner, you would replace or fix the food, you know, fix the issue. But for some reason, we have this thing where it's like, I don't know how they're going to react. So I don't know if I want to bring this to you. Uh, I was really scared to ring my bank to ask for a lower interest rate on my loan. And, um, and anyway, I did it and I got a lower interest rate. And basically, that just means over the life of the loan, we're going to save 
um, something in the tens of thousands of dollars. But I don't know what I was worried about because it's not like they were just going to say, you know, it was, it was always going to be a yes or a no. They were never going to be like, well, because you asked, we're raising it to 80% interest and your children and your children's children will be paying this back forever. You know, we have this thing in our head that I don't know how they're going to respond, even if it's like, even if it's like completely irrational. And then this gets really unhealthy when it's like we're in a relationship with someone and we have a problem, but we, it's something that's bothering us, but we, we don't know how the other person's going to react, so we don't bring it up, and then the relationship gets worse, not better. But if they truly loved you, then, you know, they'd work on whatever was not working for you. I, I actually had a friend who, he went through financial trouble, and he just chose, I'm going to start skipping meals. And he had plenty of people around him who would have gladly helped him through his financial trouble. But whatever it was on the inside that made him not want to ask, he didn't know how people were going to react. He, maybe he thought that we were going to think he was less, less than in some kind of way or think that he was weak. But actually, we would have responded completely differently. And, you know, sometimes I feel like we walk around as broken, hurting people because we're not sure how people are going to respond to our brokenness. We hold on to hurt that's on the inside rather than finding the help that we need. And even more dangerously, we avoid a God who might actually just have exactly what we need. But I know, that it, I know it's hard to approach God because you don't know how He's going to react, especially if you're feeling truly broken, or especially if maybe you feel like you betrayed Him, or maybe especially if you feel like you've abandoned Him. Or maybe it's just that you've been coming to him with the same issue again and again and again, and you just don't know how he reacts. And the title of the message tonight is God Reacts. I've seen a bunch of videos on YouTube um, of, of people's reaction to things. My favorite is um, CGI artists react. And it's like these guys who, um, they do all visual effects, and then they react to movies that have cool visual effects, and they tell you all about it. And it's like, oh, that's so cool to see. So I wanted to look at how God would react, almost like watch a YouTube video. Let's see how God reacts to people in whatever situations they're in. And uh, I want to look at a few stories in the Bible tonight. But I reckon that by the end, uh, and I'm praying and hoping that once we understand the way that God reacts to us, we'll feel much more comfortable in God's presence and actually will long for it a whole lot more. So the Bible describes God as being consistent in character. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Spoiler alert, Jesus Christ is God. So when it's talking about Jesus Christ, we're talking about God here. And um, Jesus Christ is, the, is basically God revealed in human form. If we ever wanted to know what God looks like, we've got the perfect picture in Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is consistent. So that tells me that God is not going to pick and choose his response based on who comes to him. He's not going to pick and choose his response based on your past or your history. He's not going to pick and choose. He's going to have a consistent response. And whenever the Bible authors pondered the mystery of God, they always described his character in this way, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loyal love and faithfulness. This description of God is in Exodus 37, and it's actually, if I can put it this way, it's the most retweeted verse in the Old Testament. In other words, it's the, it's the description of God that Bible authors use again and again and again and again of God 37 times throughout the Old History, the Old Testament, 
So I'm pretty sure that this is the character of God. It's backed up many, many times. And I want to look at this first word here, the word compassion, because I'm pretty convinced that the way that God reacts is going to be in line with his character. And if his character is that he is compassionate, then my first thought is that compassion is always going to be God's preferred response. Isaiah 30 verse 18, I love this, reveals God's heart. It says that God longs to show you graciousness. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. It's like before God's even seen what you've done, he's longing to show you graciousness and compassion. God loves to show graciousness. He loves to show compassion. For God is, the Lord is a God of justice and blessed are all those who wait for him. So before you've even done anything, God's chosen how he wants to respond and it's compassion. It's graciousness. And I love that. It's like the parent. I think of a parent who stares into the eyes of their newborn. And it's like, you know... A parent looking in the eyes of their newborn, the kid's looking this way, that, everywhere. But most of the time, the parent is just looking and just wanting a smile. Just like, can I get a smile out of you? And if they're smiling, they want to giggle. And it's like, it's always towards the well-being of you. And no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're looking, no matter what's been going on in the day, the parent is looking with such intent and just going, I would just love to see you do well right now. And I feel like that's the heart of God when we come to him with compassion, whether we're having a good day or a bad day. God is not a God that sits there flicking the channel on the TV remote and just going, can you please shut up and so I can have some peace and quiet. He's like the parent who's got his eyes locked on us. He is longing to react to us. He is longing for us to stare him in the eyes and say, God, I need you so that he can react with compassion. The second part of that verse, verse 19, says, People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, who will, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be to you when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. And so this shows us when it, how God responds and when God responds with compassion. And it's when we choose to cry out to him. It's when we choose to come to him and cry out to him, and then he gets what he longs for to be able to respond to us with compassion. And if we don't cry out to God, we actually find his response is one of handing us over to the natural consequences of our own destructive decisions. But God's not sitting there like a sadistic um, kid with a magnifying glass, I just can't wait to destroy you. Actually, God's preferred response and what he's longing for is for us to cry out to him, is for us to turn to him so that he can respond with compassion. And so that's my second thought is that God is that God's compassion is for all who cry out. So God longs to respond with compassion. He consistently responds to compassion, but it's connected to us crying out. Nehemiah 9 verse 27 to 28 says, so you delivered them into the hands of their enemies. That's that handing over to the natural consequences of our own destructive decisions. You handed them into the hands of their enemies. But when they were oppressed, what did they do? They cried out to you. And what did God do when he saw someone who cried out to him? From heaven, he heard them. And in his great compassion, he gave them deliverers who rescued them from the hands of their enemies. And that's so cool. But then, even though God had delivered the Israelites, guess what they did? 
As soon as they were at rest, verse 28, they did again what was evil in your sight. And then so, again, you handed them over to their enemies so that they ruled over them. But they cried out to you again. And you heard from heaven, and in your compassion, you delivered them time after time. And here we see that when people turn away from God, they find themselves being destroyed by their enemies. They find themselves in the midst of the consequence of their own decisions. They want to worship foreign gods? Well, let's see what it's really like to be part of a foreign nation. Let's see what it's really like to have those gods rule over you. But then when they turn back to God, even after they abandoned him, then they turn back to God, they find his loving compassion. And that is so challenging to me because they abandoned God and God responded with compassion. They abandoned him yet again, but he still responds with compassion. And it would seem that the moral quality of people crying out to God doesn't seem to matter. Did you hear that? The moral quality of people crying out to God, it doesn't seem to matter. All that seems to matter is that they cry out to Him. All that seems to matter is that we have a heart of repentance that chooses to go, nah, you know, I tried it that way and I got destroyed. I got smashed. But I'm going to turn to God today. So whether you're a good person or a bad person, whether you've loved God for a long time or whether you've hated Him, this truly, for me, ends the debate about what I should do in the middle of pain or suffering. Man, I'm going to God. I'm going to embrace his compassion. Sometimes I think, man, it's just a headache. This is just a small thing. God's got bigger things to deal with. But actually, God loves to respond with compassion. I think, oh man, I've been a real bad person lately. God would probably rather favor someone else who's not betrayed him or not abandoned him. But actually, God is longing to show me compassion and grace. I think, oh, I haven't seen, spoken to God for a long time. I can't remember the last time I prayed. Uh, I haven't been to church in a while, but do you remember that earlier verse? God longs to show us compassion. All we've got to do is turn to God. And sometimes we think that if we turn to God, we're not going to find the compassion that we need, but we can actually trust that God's character is so consistent that no matter what we've done, no matter what mud we've trenched through the house this week, God is going to respond with compassion. It's like, it's like my mum. I always knew that whenever I was in pain, dad would say, here's a cup of concrete, mate. But mum would always um, care for me. And sometimes she would even bring justice uh, if it was another sibling that had caused me pain. <laughs> And, but this is the same with God. We can depend on compassion being his reaction whenever we turn to him. And we can actually depend on it so much. God is actually so self-aware that he's going to respond with compassion that he tells Nehemiah three times, don't pray for those people because I'll respond with compassion. If someone turns to me with a genuine heart and, and, and they cry out, I, 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 I can't help it. I'm going to respond with compassion. And he tells Nehemiah, don't pray for the people. And I just think, man, if God is so self-aware that that's going to be his response, that's, that just tells me, man, I know where I'm going when I'm in, in a hard situation. Man, I know where I'm going when, when my thoughts are leading me astray. I know where I'm going when all my friends abandon me. I know where I'm going when my job security is not looking so good, when my test results uh, I'm starting to fret about, when my friends are starting to leave me left, right, and center, and I don't know where life's heading. I know where I'm going. The last thing that I want to share about compassion, God's compassion, is that compassion, God's compassion, it secures our well-being. So what happens? God responds with compassion, but what does compassion look like? Well, compassion looks like a response of well-being. And 
the word compassion is, um, is the word rachamim, which is um, an interesting word to try and say, rachamim. And it's actually related to the root word rehem, rehem which is the word for womb. And um, Pastor Dean actually preached about this once using the New Testament word shplakna, which is a kind of cool word to say as well. But this word being linked to the Hebrew word of womb, I think, I think the Bible is just inviting us to picture something where compassion is centered in a person and it's churning and this feeling of compassion comes from deep within. It's not just God going, well, I better give you compassion because that's what I do, but actually it comes from deep within, just like that verse where it says God longs to show compassion. It's a deep yearning to show compassion. And a great example of what this looks like is when we look at the word um, rachamea, which is moving out of love, and we find it in 1 Kings 3 verse 26. This is when there's two women who have newborn children, and one of the newborns dies. And the mother of the dead newborn tries to take the alive newborn as her own. And so they take it up with King Solomon, and King Solomon devises a way to tell who is the true mother. And, um, and he says that they'll just cut the living baby in half and give a half to each mother. But then this is what the woman who was the true mother, said to Solomon. The woman whose son was alive uh, was Rahameah and said to the king, or she was deeply moved out of love for her son. Please, Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But then the other said, neither I or you shall have him. Cut him in two. But what, I, what we see here is that this word compassion, it comes from deep within the mother. She cares so much for the child that she would rather not be in relationship with the child just so that the child can find its well-being and not end in destruction. And so whenever God lends, whenever God extends his compassion towards us, it is like the deep yearning of a mother who just wants their child to be free from the destructive uh, future that is ahead of it and just longs to see its well-being, the, 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 the way for its well-being be paved. And I just love that image of God. Because whenever God sees us in trouble, whenever God sees whatever we're going through, we can trust that he has a deep moving within him, a deep, genuine moving. Not just a, well, this is who I am, so I better tick that off. But he, he is so moved. He loves us so, so much that he is moved to respond with compassion. And that compassion leads us to a place of well-being rather than down the paths of destruction. So... I wonder how you think God would respond to you if you cried out to him today. And I wonder if the way that you think God would respond is consistent with how the biblical authors described God's response. And I want to challenge you with that this evening. Because I think sometimes the way that I think of God, it doesn't sound like compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, full of loyal love and abounding in faithfulness. Sometimes I think it's the other way around. I think he's going to be fast to anger with a stick, something like that. But actually, I need to align myself. I need to align the way that I view God with the character of God described in the Bible. What pain have you experienced lately that you've turned to other places for comfort? Because I know sometimes I turn every other place but God, even though I know that 
God's consistent response is one of compassion. When, do you, when you need healing, deliverance, or rescue from something, this is kind of a similar way to word this, is, is where do you normally turn? A lot of us have friends that as soon as something goes wrong, it's like, man, I'm just text that person straight away. I'm going to immediately, I'm going to go and talk to my mom about that. I'm going to go and talk to this person, blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with having people in your life that help you. But we could have the pain prolong and last and last and last. Or we could go to the God who has compassion for us and find compassion right when we need it. When people might take a couple of days or you know, even sometimes for us, we feel like a couple of minutes is too much to respond or to try and comfort us. God is already deeply moved by your situation. And God has been longing to be gracious to you all along. And you might be sitting here in church today and you have never even considered God to be concerned for you or for your situation. Well, I can tell you right now without a shadow of a doubt, God has concern for you. God has love for you. And he just can't wait to help you find the way of well-being for your life instead of walking in the ways of destruction. Let's all stand this evening because I, wanna, I want us to have a moment of response right now where we decide in our hearts, what are we going to do? Are we going to turn to God right when we need it? Or are we going to keep going in our own ways and maybe we will find destruction? I want to encourage you finally with Isaiah 49, verse 15 and 16. It says, Can a mother forget the baby that's at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, which is like rhetorical, because of course she's not going to forget. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. This is how much God concerns for us. See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands and your walls are ever before me. And I'm praying that today you'll see how much God longs to have compassion on you. I'm praying that you would feel no need to stay hidden from Him and that you wouldn't feel bad about asking Him for healing, deliverance, or rescue, whatever you're going for. So I want to just pray, God, thank you so much for your compassion. I pray that you help us to stop hiding ourselves. Help us to turn to you when we need it. Help us to receive your compassion. And back to that moment of reflection I was talking about before. I want you to ask yourself the question right now. Am I ready to receive that compassion? You might feel, like I said earlier, you might feel like you've got a bit of shame. Like maybe you've abandoned God. Or I've never walked with God before. or I haven't prayed in a long time. Or I've never prayed. Or I've never been to church. Or whatever it is. But uh, you actually have nothing to worry about. The Bible says that Jesus removed any hindrance, anything that would prevent us from accessing God, from being able to participate, for God to be able to participate in our life. And so it's actually quite easy. All we've got to do tonight is just to make a conscious decision in our heart that we're going to begin to walk with God from today forward, that we're going to begin to write God into our story, participate with Him. And, uh, And so I want to put this opportunity to you right now to decide I'm going to walk with God I'm going to choose that no matter what situation I find myself in I'm going to come to Him because I want to receive that compassion that grace and um, and if that was you I just want to pray for you right now so just with every eye closed uh, if that's you just want to know who I'm praying for would you just lift your hand up right now I just want to pray and, uh, and everyone's just got their eyes closed 
Thank you. Awesome. You can put your hand down once you put it up. Yep. Thank you. Two people so far. Great. Thank you, God. All right, I'm going to pray for you. And, uh, and then we're all going to pray together. Thank you, God, so much for the people who have just made that decision and those of us who are making that decision even right now in our hearts and for everyone online as well. I just pray that you would lead us this week, that you would begin to play an active role in our lives. And I just thank you that we can trust you to have compassion on us when we cry out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you did just make a decision just then to begin to walk with God from today forward, then um, Pastor James is going to let you know a few practical steps that you can take to ensure that you have the best journey possible. Thank you, Pastor.